0: Thursday, such a crazy, lazy day. Thursday has its own peculiar way of saying "hey." Sometimes Thursday almost makes you want to run away. Thursday, such a crazy, lazy.
1: You didn't get your vaccination yet, did you, Chester? This weekend? Yeah. I'm interested to see how how you react to it. It just made me tired. A little sore in the arm, yeah, whenever you get a a shot. But with me, I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel anything except tired. Just really tired, but now I'm kind of, that was Wednesday I got it. Now this is, our Tuesday, excuse me. This is Thursday and I'm feeling pretty good today. Pretty good today. Hi, everybody. It's Thursday. This is March the 4th, 2021. This is Bob Bro, and welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. And on Thursdays, we play a Western, and that's usually everybody's favorite day. That in the Archive Show. I, although we've been getting good, good listenership across the board, and we thank you for that. So if you want to listen to this week's old-time Radio Western, what I suggest is you get over there in that easy chair, get your feet up, and totally relax. Let the cares of the day drift away. Perhaps get a little snack, a little something to drink, because we are going to come right back at you with this week's Old time radio western.
0: Thursday's got its own peculiar
2: way of
0: staying in.
2: Sometimes
0: Thursday makes you want to run away. Thursday such a crazy
1: Chosen for our old-time radio western this week is an episode of Frontier Gentlemen. That was first broadcast on July 13th, 1958, on CBS. The name of the episode is Justice of the Peace, and it's a pretty gripping story. Let me just put it that way. And I, I really don't even want to tell you too much. I, I don't want to give away anything. Kendall is in um, Wyoming Territory. He's in Cheyenne. And he's told about an individual that he would very much like to interview who lives in a small mining town about 300 miles to the west. And so that is sort of where the story takes off. I will say this. I think something's going to happen in this story that you may not expect. And let me just leave it at that. So here we go. July 13th, 1958. This is Frontier Gentlemen, Starring John Daner, and the name of this one is Justice of the Peace.
2: I met a justice of the peace in Wyoming Territory and saw two kinds of justice done.
3: Frontier Gentlemen.
2: In the South Pass district of Wyoming Territory, there is a mining settlement called Dry Creek. Carrie Chase, editor of the Cheyenne Daily Press, had mentioned the fact that a new Justice of the Peace had been appointed to Dry Creek. This in itself was not particularly newsworthy, except for the fact that the J.P. was a woman, Mrs. Amy Robinson, and as far as we could determine, one of the first of her sex to fill such an office in the United States. 300 miles to the west, and a few days later, found me in Dry Creek. I had expected to see the usual rip-roaring mining community, and was surprised to find instead an atmosphere of complete contrast. There was an oppressive quiet to the place. Small groups of men stood here and there, talking in low tones, pausing as I walked by to stare at me suspiciously. Outside the assayers' office, I saw two miners coming out and stopped to ask them directions. A stranger around here, ain't you? Yes. Uh, How come you want to
4: talk with the Justice of the Peace? Well, I should think that's a matter between the lady and myself. Are you a friend of Mrs. Robinson? No. Are you a lawyer, fella? No. She's down the street there, runs the general store. Thank you. You see, we uh, we don't like strangers asking questions around here. (sighs) So I gathered. Good afternoon. Hey, you tell Mrs. Robinson we ain't changed our minds neither. That red dog, he's going to get a stiff rope and a short drop no matter what she says.
2: Hello? Anybody here?
5: Come in. Well, something I can get you.
2: You are Mrs. Amy Robinson? The same. My name is J.B. Kendall. I'm a newspaper correspondent for the London Times.
5: Now, what in the name of sins a London Times correspondent doing in Dry Creek?
2: (laughs) You're the reason, Mrs. Robinson. I think a great many women in England would be interested in reading about a female justice of the peace.
5: You being flippity?
2: No, no, not at all. I'm quite serious.
5: Well, you got to excuse me. There's a lot of folks hereabouts ain't taking my appointment to heart.
2: And I think perhaps I met one of them on my way here. Oh, no, who? Oh, a Minor. He suggested that I tell you that they haven't changed their minds. I I get the feeling that there's some discussion about a hanging.
5: Your oh. feeling's correct, mister. Sheriff Goaty's got the accused locked up and waiting for trial. Jack Red Dog's the fella. Arapaho Indian. There's them says he done murder. Killed big-nosed George Haney's brother, Ike. That's what they say.
2: I see. Well, uh, when does the trial take place?
5: As soon as I can get a jury to sit. But there ain't no man in dry crick will do it.
2: You can't get a jury, huh?
5: Well, uh, come on in the back. I was just making some coffee. All right. Here, take a chair, Mr. Kendall.
0: Uh.
5: You see, before all this happened, I was Widow Robinson who ran the general store. Folks was decent and nice to me. Then I get appointed justice of the peace and... It's like I got the epizootic. Just because I'm a woman is all. Well, I tell you something. This here Jack Red Dog case is my first, and I aim to see fair trial done, whether they like it or not.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, what about the talk of hanging?
5: Well, that's big-nosed George and Tip Butler. They're trying to get the fellas riled up to take the Indian out and string him up without a trial.
2: And from the looks of the men as I came into town, they seem to be making some headway.
5: Well, they ain't gonna do it. I swore to uphold the peace and justice in the community and by. Amy? Fight... Amy, you there? Oh, is that you, Sheriff? Yeah. Well, come on back.
6: Now, you uh, better come out yourself.
5: Oh. <laughs> oh, this feller's name is Kendall. Come to do some writing about me. Mr. Kendall, meet Harry Godey, Sheriff of Dry Cricket. Howdy Sheriff, Kendall. how do you do? Yeah, things ain't getting on so good, Amy. I've been
6: thinking it might be better if I take Red Dog over to Rock Springs till he get this thing settled.
5: You're doing no such thing, Harry Godey. Now,
6: listen to me, Amy. Big Nose George ain't fooling. He's fixing to take that Indian out and hang him. How do you know that? Well, he wants me to join up with him and the other boys to do it.
5: What did you tell him, Sheriff?
6: Now, Amy, no sense going on the prod. I'm just telling you what they aim to do. I ain't courting trouble. That's why I'm saying I want to get Jack Red Dog out of here.
5: And have him tried somewhere else? Show that I can't run a trial in my own town? That nobody ain't got no respect for a justice of the peace in Dry Creek... ...cause she's a woman? Oh, no, sir, no, sir, Harry Gowdy. I'm telling you, I'm ordering you as sheriff... ...to protect that engine till it's time to call the trial. I'll do my
6: best, you know that, Amy. But there's gonna be trouble.
5: Well, then get yourself a couple of deputies. Can't.
6: ain't having none of it.
5: Well, what about Dollar Bill Orpin? He's up in the hills.
6: So it's the whole town, huh? I told you, Amy... I told you they wouldn't stand for a woman judge. You didn't believe me.
5: And I told you a woman's got as much right as a man. To... Not
7: in a man's work, Shane, Amy.
5: What do you want, Big Nose?
7: We're a committee. We come here to tell you. Tell me what? That engine's guilty. We already tried
5: it. Not legal. You
7: didn't. We found him guilty, didn't we, boys?
4: Now we ain't got nothing against you. Right
5: now, I'm declaring courts in session, boys. The name's Judge Robinson. Now, go ahead and say your piece, but I'll remind you about contempt.
4: Yeah, all right, Judge. <laughs> your Honor, we just saved you the trouble of holding a trial.
5: What do you mean? Well,
7: now, Tip's saying that that engine red dog shot my brother, and we're going to use him to trim a tree. That's lynching. Begin the law, Big Nose. Now, keep out of this, will you, Goldie? Ain't nothing you can do about it. It's you and her again, all us. And
2: me. Who are you? Kendall, deputy sheriff. Hey, since when? Listen,
4: this fella just waltzed into
5: town and asked to wait Amy. That's contempt, Tip Butler. It's Judge Robinson. Ten dollars or two days in the hoosegow.
4: <laughs> oh, come on now, Amy. Ain't no use. Twenty
5: dollars or five days?
7: This fella ain't no deputy.
5: Sure he is. to just swore him in, didn't you, sheriff?
7: I
2: sure did.
5: Twenty dollars or five days, Butler. Which is it? Well.
2: Which is it to be, butler?
5: Now, that'll cost you another ten. Pick up that money and hand it over.
7: You make me Amy Robinson.
5: You go ahead.
7: Anybody's got ideas of starting something over this, just remember there's only two of you, Sheriff. Now, I wouldn't want Miss Amy here to get hurt. So supposing you all just stay in here till we finish what we got to do with that there engine killer. All right, come on, boys.
5: Goody, you've got to stop
6: them. Well, they got a right to go on down the jailhouse if they've a mind to. They'll
5: get Jack Red Dog.
6: No, they won't. I took them out before I come here. Hit them. Oh, I want to thank you, Mister, for standing by us. Of course, you ain't made many friends doing it. Oh, I didn't expect to. Uh, what's going to happen when they find the Indians gone? Oh, they'll come looking for me. Now, Amy, you. You've seen how things are. I'll be taking Red Dog to Rock Springs.
5: Oh, no. There ain't no pack of cussed hardtails gonna stampede me.
2: And at this point, I'm inclined to agree with the sheriff. We can't fight the whole town.
5: You both sell me out, huh? Because I'm a woman. You won't stand up against him.
2: Oh, taint that at all.
5: What then? I took my oath to uphold what's right. You did the same, Harry Goaty. And
6: I'll do it, too. But this ain't the way. The engine's as good as dead if he stays in town. No sense whittle wanging, Amy. My job's to protect Red Dog till he comes to trial. I'm going to do just that. Uh, Kendall, you want to be a deputy? No fooling? If you need me. Oh, I need you. You're sworn as of right now. Got a horse?
2: No, I came in on the stage. Yeah, we'll get you one.
6: Amy. Yeah. As soon as I get the engine to Rock Springs, I'll be back. Let's go, Kendall. Fine. Stables just across the road. Better keep your eyes skinned. You know how to use that blue lightning you're carrying? I've used a gun before. Yeah, sure hope you don't have to today. A lot of them fellas is my friends in better times. Where's the Indian? He hid out in the stable. You think he's still there? If he ain't, he's taking a mighty big wagon with him. I handcuffed him to a wheel. I figure by now old Big Nose George is a his gut down to the jailhouse. We'll have to plumb light a shuck out of here. Hey, Jack. Yes? Well, Injun, you don't know how close you are to catching the rope croup. Oh, uh, we'll take them two horses already saddled, Kendall. Jack will ride with me.
2: That's right. Goody's, easy, boy. You're
8: not know, going to let them hang, Red Dog. Easy, I know kill I like, Haney. Come on, He'll now. He'll get you over
6: to Rock Springs. If you're going to hang, you'll hang legal, that's for sure. Which one do you want me to ride, Sheriff? Here, take the room. He's a salty devil, but if you can handle him, he's a lot of horse. All right, now, let's lead him out.
7: That's just fine, Goody. Now, you boys, stop right there, lest you want us to start a throwing lead. Well, sir... I guess you figured you was right smart, didn't you, Sheriff? This engine's in my custody, boys. I'm warning you. Hey,
4: don't you worry none about that, Goldie. We'll take care of him and that engine boy. He's going to be the guest of honor's drink party. Ain't you, Red Dog? <laughs>
2: stood near the door of the stable, Sheriff Gody, Jack Red Dog, and myself. The Indian's face was bathed in a shaft of dust-speckled sunlight. I noticed a scar running from the bridge of his nose across his cheek. His eyes were very dark, frightened. A dozen or more men crowded into the entrance, two or three carrying rifles. The others drawn guns. Big nosed George Haney and Tip Butler took our gun belts away from us.
7: You can't do it, boys. You want a bet on a goatee! Why not give the man a trial? If he's guilty, he deserves to. He's hang. guilty, right enough, ain't no doubt. A couple of you boys, help me get a rope over that beam. It'll be murder, Chip. You can't murder an Indian,
4: sheriff. They just die dying. Which way? Nobody's accountable for killing an Indian.
7: Are you afraid to give him a trial? I told you, Mister, we'd done it. Not legal, you didn't. Not legal. That's how come we got a justice of the peace. Woman justice, you know better than that goatee. I ain't a-shoutin' for suffrage, but she was appointed. Now, boss, you aren't. My laws good
8: enough for me. Mr. Big Nose, I no-kill your brother. I was asleep that night with Red Eye, much whiskey. You ask Tip Butler. I'd be asking the wrong fella. Because he's the one seen you do it. That's fact. I like Haney and Red Dog friends. That dog didn't have need for killing. He was drunk, Jack. He shot him in the back. I saw it. Let's get it over with, boys.
7: Uh, bring him over. No, oh, no,
8: yeah. oh, they're my son, my woman. Who cared for them? Give him a chance. Maybe Butler was mistaken. Sure, it was
6: dark, Tip. Might have been another Indian, somebody else. I see him with my own
4: eyes, I'm telling
6: you. What if you saw him, why didn't you catch him then? Instead of waiting till morning, you and Big Nose sent me over to arrest him. Like you say, it
8: was dark. Couldn't catch him. Tie his hands back of him, Tommy. Oh, I, I, I give you my claim. Much gold in it. All yours. You uh, let me go. I can't.
7: Engine, no. if you gotta die, die like a man. This ain't no time to crawl. We'll give
8: you a chance, sir. Pray. You
4: got an Indian prayer in you? How many white men you kill without they got a chance for prayer, huh? I kill
7: no man. Except my brother. That's enough for the hang. All right, help me get him
8: up on a horse. Get it a hand. It's lynching and we're finished with that. Listen yeah. to me. No,
0: uh, yeah. no, No, no. No, no. Take your hands no. off him.
7: Put away the scattergun, Amy. This ain't no concern of yourn. What's got to be done has got to be.
5: Sheriff, take your prisoner down off that horse, walk him up to the jailhouse.
7: Get her. Take your hands off Stay her. right where you are, mister.
2: All right, now get on with it. Wait. Wait now. If you do this thing, every one of you will be as guilty as you think the Indian is.
7: I feel no guilt, mister. My brother's got his lamp blowed out, but this here rapaho, I ain't feel
2: no guilt. Then why not let the law decide? You're the law. All of you. Give him the right to defend himself, form your jury, prosecute him. But not this way.
5: He's right. Listen to him.
4: He's wrong, dead wrong. He ain't even American, that fancy talk and all. You shut your mouth, mister, or you go with the engine.
5: So long, Jack.
7: If you see my brother, you tell him to me. No, eh? no, no,
0: no! Ah!
2: They didn't look at Jack Red Dog when they finally cut him down. That is, they tried not to. Nor could they look at each other. One spoke of getting a drink and the others agreed that a man could work up quite a thirst at a lynching. The shaft of sunlight fell on the dead man's frayed moccasins. I sure hope he was guilty.
5: Would that make it better?
2: He spoke of a wife child?
6: Yeah. They live up behind the Black Canyon diggings.
5: I'm thinking it's my fault, all of this.
6: It ain't your fault, Amy.
5: Maybe it happened because a woman was made justice of the peace. They was forced to do what they did. If it had been a man, maybe they'd have listened to him. They don't want to hear a woman's words, not in a man's world.
2: You did what you could. It wouldn't have made any difference. They were bound to hang him, mostly, I think, because he was an Indian. Well,
6: take him up to his wife. Better time on the horse. No,
5: I'll bring my wagon. Put him in that. He rode his last horse.
6: Well, we, we will help you hitch it up.
8: Hey, Goldie. Ah, that's Dollar Bill Orpin. Howdy. Hey, I hear them and Jack Reddog's in the dog for shooting Caney, That's so? Not anymore it ain't, Dollar Bill. He's in there. He just had us a necktie party. Hey, now, that ain't so good. How come? Thought you was justice of the peace, Mrs. Robinson?
5: I thought so, too.
8: Well, they sure hadn't have done that. Rappahoe Jack, he didn't kill nobody.
2: <laughs> what do you mean?
5: I mean, just that, stranger.
8: Night Caney was killed, Jack Reddog come around to my diggings looking for whiskey. He was sure high lonesome. I told him, I said, Jack, you don't need no more bug juice. You better go lie down summers before you slip and fall in the canyon, break your fool neck. Oh, man, he was so drunk he fell down three times going down the hill to his wiki up, dropped his gun. Hey, I got it right here. So if he shot Ike, he did it with somebody else's thumb He was telling the truth. He said he was asleep, drunk when it
6: happened. Yeah, and Tip says he saw him shoot. Funny how certain he was about that.
5: Sheriff, you swear in Dollar Bill right now as deputy.
8: You're sworn, Bill. I swear. Gonna have some fun?
5: We're going down to the saloon.
8: Here, let me tie up my mule. I'll be right along.
5: There'll be no more drinking. Court's in session.
2: Oh, uh, go on home, Amy. We don't One want One more
5: n- word out of you, Big Nose, and I'll have you rested.
2: Oh. Your Honor, may I speak for the court?
5: Yes, sir. You go ahead.
2: This court is going to investigate two murders. One, the shooting of Ike Haney by persons unknown. And two, the strangulation of Jack Red Dog committed by those
5: He's loco. Set up another round of drinks. Sheriff, arrest that man for contempt. Tip
6: Butler, you make a move and I'll blow your head off.
5: Now go on, Mr. Kendall.
2: We have a witness to the fact that the Indian Jack Red Dog may have been telling the truth when he said that he was asleep at the time of Haney's murder.
8: You're lying. No, he
7: ain't. I seen
8: him that night. He was so drunk he couldn't have plugged nothing. Besides, he didn't have no gun. Uh, sure he did. i seen him.
2: You saw him shoot?
8: Yeah, I saw.
2: How many times did he fire? Uh,
4: three, four.
2: It was dark? Uh, dark. And you were close enough to recognize Jack Red Dog?
4: Yeah, yeah, I was close enough.
2: What did he do with his gun after he shot Haney? Uh, he,
4: uh, he threw it away. Uh, no, 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 no. He put it back in his belt. Which? Uh, Listen, Mister, I don't have to answer no fancy law wrangler questions. Yes, you
2: do. You're a witness in this trial.
5: Answer the questions, Tip.
2: Did he throw away the gun? Uh, no. Sheriff, when you arrested Red Dog, did he have a gun?
8: Nope. Of course he didn't. He dropped it up to my diggings tonight. Haney was bushwhacked. I got it right here.
7: How come? How come you had time to see Red Dog shoot Ike three times? Put the gun back in his belt and not do nothing about it, Tip. I I told you it was dark. I, I couldn't catch him.
2: But it wasn't too dark to see him. Uh, that's right. How close were you?
7: I don't know. A few feet, I guess. How come you didn't start shooting yourself, Tip?
4: I never got the chance, Big Nose.
7: What was you doing? Just watching? No. How come you was up there anyway, snooping around Ike's diggings that night? Well, Ike and me was gone partners. We was going to talk about it. Ike never said nothing
4: to me about another partner. Uh, he, he was going to.
7: Is that why you shot him? Because he wouldn't take you in?
4: Uh, it wasn't me. It was that engine. Uh, Ike and me was talking, and a red dog sneaks up and
7: shoots Ike. You told me you never got a chance to talk to Ike. When you got to him, he was already laid out dead. Well, I, I, I mean... Uh, what you mean is that you bushwhacked Ike. Your own self.
2: Put away your gun, Haney.
7: My brother. You did it, Tip.
2: No, 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 don't. I'm sorry I missed. I should have killed you, Haney.
5: Sheriff, take Tip over to the jailhouse and hold him for murder.
2: I didn't attend the trial of Tip Butler for the murder of Haney's brother. The jury that lynched Jack Reddog found Butler guilty. Justice of the Peace Amy Robinson pronounced sentence, and I heard a few days ago,
3: the man was hanged. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Paula Winslow, Jack Moyles, Lou Krugman, Jack Crucian, and Tom Holland. Join us again next week for another report from The Frontier Gentlemen, Bud Sewell speaking.
1: Frontier Gentleman, the name of that episode was Justice of the Peace, and it was uh, first broadcast on CBS July 13th back in 1958, and it was during that period that these um, adult westerns became very popular on radio, and you can certainly see why that one, uh, or why Frontier Gentlemen would fit in that category. W- were you not surprised when the man was hung? I was. (laughs) I really was. I really thought that... uh, Now, that's the first time I listened to this, which was many years ago. But I really thought that uh, they would save him. And it just didn't work out that way. And I'm certain that was probably fairly typical of things that happened in the Old West. Uh, Anyway, a really wonderful show. And by the way, the sound effects... Or just tremendous. If you listen to the scene of The Hanging, it's eerily quiet. And all you can hear is the squeaking, the tension on the rope as it sort of gently goes back and forth. It uh, Really something. Frontier gentlemen, one of the best westerns that was produced for radio. And sadly, it only lasted a year. Well, that's going to kick things in the head for thursday march the 4th 2012 or 2012 listen to me 2021 and uh, that's also going to kick things in the head for the week but we'll be back on the uh, weekend with the archive show and then of course next monday we'll have uh, an old-time radio comedy then we'll have a drama on tuesday a mystery on wednesday and another western next thursday Thought we'd go out tonight with a song that was popular in 1958. I bet you this is one you haven't heard for a long time. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me.
0: Be the yeah. apple of your eye. Although you're older than me It makes no difference, you see As you are my shining star You've heard a passion for love And jealousy, my dove. Well, that's the way I feel about you I need you too Good. Oh, please, please, help! Me. My love just burns and burns. But someday, Julie, when I'm as old as you, I'll take you, Julie, and make my Dreams come true